Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Buy wisely. Buy for flavor. Buy Del Monte. Del Monte, the brand you trust for flavor in so many good foods. Time now for Rocky Jordan, brought to you today by Del Monte Tomato Products. Not far from the Mosque Sultan Hassan in Cairo stands the Cafe Tambourine, run by Rocky Jordan. The Cafe Tambourine. Crowded with forgotten men, alive with the babble of many languages. For this is Cairo, where modern adventure and intrigue unfold against the backdrop of antiquity. Del Monte presents Rocky Jordan and this week's story, Pattern for Revenge. It was getting along toward midnight, but business in the tambourine was still booming. I had just stepped over to help behind the bar when I saw her come in the front door. Young, 22 or 3 maybe. Blonde and pretty in a brown suit with hat and gloves to match. She glanced nervously around, saw what she wanted, and headed for a back table where a guy about her age was finishing up his fifth double bourbon. Right away, a big argument started, and I moved toward the front, figuring to keep out of it. But then she turned looking for help, so I waved the waiter away and went back myself. No. Oh, Jacques, please, I you're not stay fair. here. Get out, like I said, I told you. I stay here. Anything I can do, lady? Oh, I'm most oh. sorry, monsieur. Please, Jacques, we must go. The no. gentleman will help you. No, I do not need help. I know what I'm to do. What's he talking about? He does not know what he's saying. If you would assist him to a taxi. Oh, sure. All right, Jacques. Uh, Everything's all right. Come on, up we go. Do not touch me, Jordan. Come on, easy. Uh, let me go, all right? I didn't sign those notes. I know. That's why I came back. I brought my friend here. He's a special collector. That's right. Mister, I can't pay $20 a month. Why not? You're working. Well, I'm going to get married. Ha! You can't pay? Why'd you bet? Well, I... I never bet on horses before, but... Well, a, a friend of mine came in here, and he said he was getting tips. And I wanted to buy a ring for my girl, You're and... breaking my heart. It's true. I didn't know how deep I was getting in. After that first day, all I wanted to do was to, to get even. You knew how much you were betting, didn't you? No. My, my friend called me and he gave me the names of, of five horses. 
He said to bet bet on all of them and, and make it a, a $10 round robin. I figured it was all right to bet 10 bucks. A $10 round robin on five horses cost you a hundred. Yeah, I found that out. It's a very sad story. You've still got those notes? Not here. Yeah, then here's another set. Just sign these. No. Okay. Buck, lock the door. All right. Look, you're not scaring me. Al. Yeah. You want I should pull down the sheds? Good idea. Look, get out of here, both of you. Buck. Yeah? You take over. Okay. What do I do now? Just keep up the treatment. He'll sign the notes. We will return in just a minute to tonight's exciting case from the official files of your FBI. Now I'd like to introduce a man who's a believer in the saying that life begins at 60. That certainly goes for me, Mr. Keating. I've had more fun since my 60th birthday than in all the rest of my life put together. Well, Mr. Doyle, I understand that's largely due to the equitable independent 60s plan you started 24 years ago. Today the plan is all paid up and you've quit work to enjoy the three freedoms of an independent 60s plan. Right. First... Freedom from money worries and job worries. Financial independence. The good old equitable society mails me a check every month and it's mighty well. Second, with an equitable independent 60s plan, you're free to live anywhere you choose. We've moved to a little place near Santa Barbara, California. Third, you have freedom to do all the things you've always wanted to do. Well, I've always been interested in raising and training bird dogs, Mr. Keating. That's how I spend my spare time now. And yet there was once a time when you thought you couldn't afford an equitable independent 60s plan. That's so. Then my equitable representative proved to me that I could. It's a fact. You don't have to earn big money to begin an equitable independent 60s plan. Ask your equitable representative to explain why you probably have a big head start towards independent 60s because of Social Security and life insurance already owned. Often only a small amount of additional insurance is all that's required. A few dollars a week did it for me. Friends, why not take a leap from Mr. Doyle's book? Why not phone your Equitable Society representative without delay? Or send a postcard care of this station to the Equitable Society. That's E-Q-U-I-T-A-B-L-E. The Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. And now back to the FBI file, The Muscle Factory. In reading your daily newspaper or listening to your favorite news program on the radio, many of you undoubtedly have come to realize how often the preponderance of all news concerns crime. One story might be about the arrest of men operating an illegal gambling establishment. A second article might feature the seizing of slot machines or books of tickets for the numbers racket. Another item might concern a police raid on a bookmaking office. Any or all of those incidents would catch your interest for a moment, but only for a moment. That would be neither unusual nor wrong. For if you are an ordinary decent citizen, the reports would merely indicate the presence of a lawless element in your city, which would not surprise you. 
However, there is more of a connection between those above-mentioned items than is obvious, except to law enforcement officers. Those crimes, the running of a gambling establishment, the selling of numbers tickets, the installation of slot machines, the operation of a bookmaker's office, are all part of one tremendous pattern. They are part and parcel of organized crime, of the criminal empires which control the political machines of a number of our cities. Look in almost any part of the nation, and you will find men like the boss you are meeting tonight. Unfortunately, for each one who is destroyed, three spring up to take his place. And even more unfortunately, they are gaining in strength every day, gaining a stranglehold on more and more American communities. Tonight's file continues at local police headquarters. FBI Special Agent Jim Taylor is just coming up the front steps when he meets Detective Jay King. You looking for me, Jim? Oh, no, Jay. No, I was just returning those pictures I borrowed for our office. Oh. Any word back from Washington yet on those fingerprints? Not up to ten minutes ago. How you doing with the bookmakers? That case may have been broken wide open late yesterday afternoon, Jim. Oh, what happened? The young man named Roy Whitley was found badly beaten. Where? In the place he works at, one of those self-service laundries. Pardon me. Oh, certainly. Jay, you think Gibson is tied into the beating? I can't prove it legally yet, but I'm positive he is. Oh, why? An envelope containing promissory notes made out to Gibson's loan company was found in Whitley's furnished room. Hmm. Are they signed? No, no. The way Gibson operates is to leave the notes with the person in debt to the bookmaker so he can sign and mail them in. I see. My theory is that Whitley refused to go through with the deal and Gibson sent some muscle to see him. Has the victim identified his attackers? He's not available for questioning yet. He's in a coma at the city hospital. Have you been to see Gibson? I'm on my way there now, Jim, so... Wish me luck. Gibson, I'd just like to ask you a few questions. Go right ahead. Ever hear of anybody named Roy Whitley? Roy Whitley. I might have, but the name doesn't mean anything to me now. How's the loan business these days? Well, I kind of hate to say. Oh? Why? I run a distress business. If things are good for me, it means a lot of people are borrowing money, and that means times are bad. I'm a sensitive man, Kane. I don't like to be doing well when other people aren't. Yeah, I'm sure. Those files over there, do they contain the loan company records? Yes, but I'm afraid I can't let you see them unless you've got a warrant. Oh, I don't want to go into them myself. I, I was just wondering whether you could look something up for me. Oh, what's that? Do you have any entry on this Roy Whitley? Well, what makes you so interested in him? He was found beaten up yesterday afternoon. I ran across an envelope in his room containing some promissory notes. Made out to you. Oh, just a minute. I'll see if he owes us any money. I certainly hope not. People who go around getting themselves beaten up are a bad credit risk. This one is. He might die. Roy E. Whitley of 23 West Street. That's the one. And lucky we keep such good records, isn't it? Uh-huh. How much does he owe you? Not a penny. Huh? This paper shows he applied for a loan on a 1940 car he owns. We looked into it and refused his application. When was that? A week ago. Are you looking for the person who beat him up? Yes. You don't know where I can find him, do you? I might. Where? He undoubtedly owed somebody some money that he had to repay in a hurry. When he couldn't get the loan on the car, he didn't pay this other person. You wouldn't know who this other person is, like uh, maybe a bookmaker. Mr. Kane, you're not serious. Yeah, I am. But I can see that questioning you is going to get me nowhere. If it's any comfort, you're much better at questioning me now than you used to be. That's from practice, Mr. Gibson. And if what they say is true, maybe next time I'll be perfect. 
wise to come directly here. Well, you look relieved, Sam. Yes, indeed I am. On second thought, I realized that I should have given you full warning. Uh, just supposing we get to the point, huh? We shall. Just as soon as you have told me if you know of any recent threat or danger to your life. Oh, no more than the usual. Why? Uh, well, I have here a slip of paper on which are written the names of four men of Cairo. The first three names are crossed off. Well, I've got an idea who's the four. A moment. The men whose names are crossed off are now dead. Victims of violent murder. Where did this list come from? It was found on the body of the most recent victim only tonight. Go on. <clears throat> it is not the first list of this kind to be found. On each person killed was such a list, with each man already dead crossed off and a new name added as the next intended victim, left there undoubtedly by the murderer. Mm, somebody's playing quite a game. Yes, as you say. This is the work of a warped mentality, someone with a fixation of vengeance, perhaps. One intent not only on murder, but in striking terror into the heart of his next victim. Well, all right, Sam, get it over with. On the list found tonight is added a new name, one yet to be crossed off. The name of Rocky Jordan. I thought so. Let me see that list. No one is to see it, Jordan. Sam, if I'm next, I gotta know something. I things. intend that the police deal with this matter in their own way. You got some ideas? None that I care to discuss at this time. In the meantime, I suggest that you act with the greatest discretion. Sure, Sam. I'll take care of myself. I fully intend that you do. I'm taking no more chances. Sergeant Greco, step in, please. At once, Captain Sabayas. Ah, hello, Greco. Ah, good evening, Mr. Jordan. Now, Greco... Uh, uh, Captain Sabayas, if you will permit me, I have given much thought to this matter of the killings. Should you see fit to assign me to the case... That I am doing. I have a task for you. You may place full trust in me. Good. Until further notice, you will accompany Jordan as his bodyguard. But, uh, Capitan... Save it, uh, Sam. Call it off. I don't need Greco tagging along. Uh, uh, Capitan, uh, would not one with less experience in more important matters, a man new to the... Enough, perhaps, Greco. It will be all. Your command, Captain Sabaya. At your service... Mr. Jordan. I gave it up, too, and went on out with Greco following sullenly behind. Well, if that's the way Sam wanted it, so did I. Only now I knew the threatening phone call had been nobody's joke. When we got back to the tambourine, it was closed. I unlocked the front door, and when I started inside, Greco moved to follow. Oh, no, this is as far as you go. I have my orders, Mr. Jordan. I am to stay with you. And I happen to know the law, and I say you stay here in the street unless you want to get a warrant. Very well. But I warn you, do not attempt to leave your cafe without me. I will be here waiting. <laughs> I'll sleep on it. Pleasant dreams, Greco. I started back through the cafe, not bothering to turn on the light. I was halfway back when I remembered Jacques Bellon, the drunk I'd left on my cot in the office. And I was two steps farther when it happened. <laughs> Shots came from behind my office door. Right away, I was running back, slamming open the door just in time to hear somebody scramble out the back door to the alley. I don't generally go chasing after people with guns, but I got to the alley just in time to hear fleeing footsteps as the figure faded into the night. Then I heard heavier footsteps coming from the other way. Stop at once! Who's there? It's me, Greco. Step it up, will you? Mr. Jordan, I want you not to leave your cafe without oh, me. Oh, cut it, Greco. Get after that guy. He's heading for the Sharia Farah. I saw no one go that way. Take my word for it now. Get going. I have my express orders, Mr. Jordan. They are to stay with you. Yeah, it'll take more than that to win a promotion. Enough. Now I demand to know what the shooting was about. Okay, Greco, come on. We'll both find out. 
We went back inside my office through the alley door, and there I cut on a light. Yeah, my guest was still on the cot. He hadn't moved. And it wasn't hard to... Why? They're my husband's. So? So I want to keep their pictures. You got a heart like an open manhole. Look, finish packing. Your train leaves in an hour. Hold this one, will you? Sure. It'll make me feel like a bridesmaid. All right, now you got them all. Go get dressed. You grab the train and I'll meet you at the carney as soon as I can. Gladys, I can't go there alone. Call the army. Tell them how many soldiers you're married to and they'll give you a military escort. But I never worked at Carney before. Honey, it's healthy burlesque. You do the same dances, only there's more fresh air. There is supposed to be two of us. Oh, tell them I'm sick. I missed the train. Anything. I'll, I'll take off as soon as I pick up the allotment check. I still don't see why we have to play the Carney at all. Soldiers flock to a Carney. And we're in business for you to marry soldiers. But Nora, I... I ain't making this up. I worked these same towns this way during the last war. I suppose the soldiers at this place are getting ready to go overseas, too. That's right. The minute I marry anybody, he's gone. That's why they call them ports of embarkation. Now get dressed and catch that train. <laughs> Morning, Jim. Oh, hello, Sheriff. I think I've got one for you. A serviceman's allowance violation. Well, here we go again. Three servicemen have been to see me in the last couple of days. They all married just before going to Korea. They're back home now on rotation, and none of them can find his wife. What makes you think it's a swindle? From the descriptions they gave, it sounds like they all married the same girl. No. I picked up photostatic copies of their marriage licenses. Here, take a look. Okay. The bride's first name is Nora on all three. You know, just offhand, I'd... This was the same writing? Yep. But I'll have the lab check for sure. The police have no records on any of those names, neither have we. Well, maybe Washington has. And I'll also request them to contact military authorities, compare the endorsements and all the government allowance checks. Good. Oh, were any of the uh, checks delivered here? One. I went to the address, but there wasn't anybody home. Mm -hmm. Now, where are the three husbands? Here. Here are their names and addresses. All right, thanks. I'll get that teletype off to Washington, then I'll go interview them. And that's why I'm telling you folks, we got the greatest show on this midway, the greatest show you've ever seen. And in addition, at no extra charge, the biggest, the best collection of the most beautiful girls you've ever witnessed. Mr. Mr. Go away, go away, girly, I'm busy. Folks, you say you can't afford to see the show, you say it'll cost you too much. <laughs> Don't be silly, friends. Friends, that's where you're wrong. The cost is one quarter, one quarter, the fourth part of a dollar. Mr. Are you lucky, Bill? Sorry, sister. No jobs open. I'm Madame Calypso. Look, folks, if you want to see the show, buy a pic... Huh? Who'd you say you were? Well, my real name is Nora Young, but I dance under the name of Madame Calypso. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where's your partner? She can't get here till tonight. She's sick. Well, ain't that just too bad. I'm supposed to be putting on a girl show, so two dames take it on the duffy. And your partner don't even come in. What does she want me to do? I've lived the girl? I know the dances. Well, okay, okay, honey. Work alone. You work alone when she gets here. Dress in the tent back, then. You better hurry up, too. You'll be on in about five minutes. 
This way, folks, this way. The greatest show in the world. Nora? Country show you've ever seen in Nora. Huh? Come in and watch Nora. Nora. I found you. Where did I go? Nora. All in the cars is one. I'm Eric, your husband. Oh. Why didn't you answer my letters? I kept writing, but they all came back. How did you ever find me? I went to see your agent. And Nora, two soldiers told him you were married to them, too. They're crazy. That's what I told them. Hey. Gee, I missed you so What's much. What's the idea? Ain't you getting dressed? I told you. You're on in five minutes, so quit gabbing with sailors. But he's my husband. I don't care about that. Come on, go on. Get ready. Get All ready. right. Nora, wait. Stay out of this, boy. But I gotta talk to her. Nora, come home with me. You never met my folks, and... Now I... you're on in four minutes. Eric, I have to get dressed. Don't stand here telling him about it. Go and do it. Don't you want to go with me? Sure, but... Come on, get dressed. Get dressed. Get dressed now, or you're Erica, tired. I'll see you later. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Hold it. Hold it, sailor. I want to go back there with her. Nora! Nora! Look, son, the only way you're going to see her in the next half hour is with a ticket. In a few moments, we will return to tonight's case, which shows how the vigilance of your FBI promotes national security. But there's another kind of security you need that's just as important. Future security for your family, regardless of what happens to you. That's why I want to tell you how easy it is now to turn your social security into full security. To help me do this, I invited Mr. and Mrs. William Thompson to come to our program. Their problem may be the same as yours, and the answer is just as easy. Mr. and Mrs. Thompson. Good evening. Good evening. Now, first of all, Mr. Thompson, what is your principal worry? Well, if something happened to me... How would my wife and children live? And Social Security would only be about $110 a month, and with prices the way they are, $110 wouldn't be enough to keep the home going. But just how much do they need to keep our home going if I'm gone? That's easy. This fact-finding chart for fathers and mothers will give you the answer in five minutes. How does it work? You see, it's a special equitable society chart that helps you to figure out exactly what income your family would need above and beyond your Social Security, if the breadwinner should die unexpectedly. Well, that sounds good. Just look it over. You see, you're guided every step of the way by easy-to-understand pictures. Every important item of living expense is included, so you get an answer that's accurate and trustworthy. It takes the guesswork and the worry out of planning for the future. Well, where could we get a copy of this chart, Mr. Keating, and, and how much does it cost? Not a cent. It's yours free. Your Equitable Society representative will be glad to give you a copy. And after you've filled it in, your Equitable Society man will show you how to turn Social Security into full security. Well, doesn't that run into a lot of money? It probably costs less than you think. You see, your Social Security gives you a big head start. And you may have other insurance, too, that will help. So actually, only a very small amount of additional insurance may be all you need to give you that full security. Thank you, Mr. Keating. Well, thank you, Mr. and Mrs. Thompson. Yes, friends, it's just as easy and simple as that to find out how to turn your Social Security into full security. So why not get in touch with your Equitable Society representative now? Ask him for your free copy of the fact-finding chart for fathers and mothers. Or drop a penny postcard, care of this station, to the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. And now back to the FBI file, The Traveling Bride.
In tonight's case from the files of your FBI, you have seen two female criminals at work. You have also witnessed the wheels of two law enforcement agencies begin to mesh in an effort to apprehend them. The Federal Bureau of Investigation has always operated on the belief that a woman, simply because she is a woman, has no more right to break the law than a man. However, there have been sentimentalists who felt that pitting an organization like your FBI against a woman was unfair. Those people have ignorantly tried to aid every woman criminal. For a great number of those women would probably never have engaged in crime if they knew they'd share equal punishment with men when caught. Your FBI hopes through this series of programs to enlist each of you as a volunteer in the army of decent people fighting crime. As a soldier in that army, you should know the facts. One of those facts is this. Nationwide police records show that the number of women engaging in serious crimes like murder, robbery, and assault grows greater year after year. It is therefore time to replace our native chivalry with common sense and fight crime wherever we find it, no matter who the criminal... ...supposed to be his next victim. Only now, Jacques Bellon, lying dead in my office, has been the innocent victim of the shots intended for me. Right away, Sergeant Greco is his officious self. He planted himself between me and Bellon, told me to call Sabaya. And I did. Only while I was on the phone, Greco didn't know I saw him quickly pry a wad of paper from the fingers of the victim, unfold it, read it, and quickly shove it in his pocket. It wasn't long until Sam Sabaya came striding in with several of his uniformed men. Stay by the entrances, all of you. Yes, Captain Sabaya Bay. Now, Greco. The victim lies here on the cots, Captain Sabaya Bay. I did not allow Mr. Jordan to touch him. That's right, Sam. Greco should win a lot and of strikes. You will keep silent until spoken to, Mr. Jordan. Yeah, maybe you'd like for me to keep quiet. A moment, both of you. Now, Jordan, about this man who is dead. Well, I'd just come in the front way when I heard the shot, Sam. When I got back here, somebody was ducking out the alley door. Greco, where were you at this time? It will interest you to know that Mr. Jordan was most uncooperative. He did not permit me to enter the building. It was his right, however... Have Greco tell the rest of it, Sam. He had plenty of chance to go after the killer. That is his story, Capitan. I saw no one. Besides, it was my task to see to Mr. Jordan's welfare. Yeah, you took care of me. Enough Fine. of this. We'll see what his pockets hold. In the meantime, Jordan, what do you know of this man? Well, his name's Jacques Bellon. He's drinking in my cafe and got more than he could hold. I put him on the cot there to sleep it off. Never had a chance to wake up. Hmm. A card here in his wallet. You are correct about his name. And his wife's waiting for him at the Hotel Royale. What? Most regrettable. Hmm. A small gun in his pocket. Not fired. Lots of people carry guns. As you say. You will realize now that my warning to you was well advised. Sure, Sam, but what about the rest? I want some information. Jordan, the police are quite capable. Look, look. all I know is that Jacques Ballon would be alive right now if it hadn't been for me. I'd like to see it cleared up. I can well understand your feelings, Jordan. However, you have no reason to feel responsible. Well, I don't see it that way. Look, the least you can do is give me the names of the others on that list, the others who were killed. Very well. I will read them to you. First is the name of Ali Alkar, a shoemaker. Next, El Faroum, a pasha. And finally, Benny Christian, a Coptic. Well, shoemaker, a pasha, a Coptic, and me, a cafe owner. They ought to mean something. But... Then you do not remember. Sam, what possible relationship could those men have with each other or to a killer? Uh, I got a hunch you know. I do, Jordan. But I've told you enough. Now, something puzzles me. Why? Were these killing, uh, according to the pattern, we would have found a new list on Jacques Ballon naming the next intended victim. 
There was none here, unless it was taken before I arrived. Uh, uh, by, uh, may I presume to suggest once again that I might be of value to this case? Uh, wait a minute, Greco. You're not going anywhere. You're my bodyguard, remember? Bodyguard. Well, a most interesting change of heart for you, Jordan. But it is my full intention that he stay with you. And this time, Greco, do not let him out of your sight. Your command, Captain Sabaya. Once the killer learns of his mistake, he will most surely return again. Sam checked around the office some more, and finally the body of Jacques Belong was taken away. That left me with a job I didn't want but couldn't escape. A trip to the Hotel Royale to see Roxanne. Greco trailed along, but now he was silent. His glance avoided my eyes. Ordinarily, I'd have felt like laughing at him, but not this time. It was almost morning when I knocked at Roxanne's door. After a little wait, she opened the door, clutching a dressing gown around her. Oh, Monsieur Jordan, come in. You've been told, Roxanne? About Jacques? Yes, I know. Who is this with you? Oh, nobody, just my bodyguard. Bodyguard. <laughs> oh? I had to set something straight in your mind about your husband. Please, I do not blame you. Maybe you should. Jacques had nothing to do with his death. Those shots were meant for me. For you? That's right. Somebody thought he was killing me, not your husband. But how can you be sure? Did you have a different idea? No, except that... Monsieur Jordan, I must confess that recently Jacques and I were not happy. You don't have to say anything you don't want to. But I must talk to someone. Jacques and I had been married but a short time. I knew little of his life before that, and it did not matter. He was very devoted. But recently a strange change came over him. He was nervous and upset, as though frightened. Frightened of what, Roxanne? I do not know... Also, he began drinking. A bottle was with him always. And he would go away at night, refusing to say where. I did everything I could. I'd been searching for him when I found him at your cafe tonight. And, as you saw, he would not come with me. Well, that must have been about something else. Believe me, if I'd known there was any danger... You need not feel that way. What is done, is done. But if I could help now with, with money... Or... There is money... And that is something else, Monsieur Jordan. Yeah? I will show you. In this drawer. Hey. It's a lot of cash to have lying around. Yet it is there. And I do not know where it came from. Let's just say your husband was a good provider, huh? Look, Roxanne, somehow I'm going to square all this. You need not do it for me, Monsieur. Then let's just say I'm doing it for Jacques. By the time I unlocked the tambourine door, it was broad daylight. This time, I let Greco come on in. I had reasons for keeping him with me for now. And just as we got inside, the phone opened up. We both headed for the office, and all at once, Greco got real busy again. It is possibly from headquarters. I will take Oh, no, you don't, Greco. Uh, Mr. Jordan, I insist. Hello, tambourine Jordan speaking. Uh, who is that, Mr. Jordan? Cut it, Greco. Hello. <laughs> uh, you seem to live a charmed life, Jordan. But now your luck has run out. I uh, keep talking, mister. Death can strike many times. It is quite useless for you to hope that I will fail again. Mr. Jordan, you are hiding something from me. It is my duty to know who is on that phone. Oh, no, you don't. I command you to give me that phone and keep your hands off of me. All right, Greco, take it. He's all yours. That is better. 
Hello. This is Sergeant Crick of the Cairo Police. Who is there? That little scuffle with Greco is what I've been waiting for. The chance to reach in his pocket and pull out the slip of paper he'd palmed off the body of Jacques Villon. I had no time to look at it before Greco turned from the phone. The caller had hung up as I knew he would. It was my move now, but first I had to shake Greco. So right away, I was out on the street walking fast with a protesting Greco at my elbow. In a little while, I'd let him into the Chouffon Bazaar, where shops had already opened for the day and the crowds were moving in. I kept going until Greco began to puff a little, then I was suddenly running. Wait! Mr. Dalton! Stop! Greco had a way of pushing people rather than trying to go around them, and he was soon floundering in the crowds far behind. When I was sure Greco was off my trail, I stopped in a doorway for a quick look at the paper I'd picked from Greco's pocket. It was all I wanted. The names were there. Ali Alkar, El Faroon Pasha, Benny Christian, and my name next. All crossed off, and a new name added below, Ahmed Najim. Well, it meant no more to me than the rest, but a phone directory told me there was just one Ahmad Najim listed in Cairo, so I was in luck. I lost no time in getting to his place on the Sharia El Mahdi. It turned out to be a poultry shop. Nobody was up front, so I tried the door to the back room. A little man with a thin beard and a fez was puttering around some big loaded chicken crates stacked high along the wall. Ah, Allah be with you, Effendi. Are you Ahmad Najim? Allah, as you say, Ahmad Najim, the poultry merchant. Oh, we met before somewhere. My name's Jordan. Jordan? Uh, your face is familiar, but at the moment I do not recall... Oh, we've got to remember. Maybe it was a long time ago. Uh, perhaps, but Effendi... Hey, wait a minute. A shoemaker, a pasha, a Coptic, a cafe owner, and a poultry merchant. They all could have only one thing in common. So? A courtroom five years ago. Oh, but of course, Effendi Jordan. Together we were key witnesses at the trial of the despicable Alex Mandel. Sure, Mandel. I should have remembered that voice. Oh, it was something truly to remember, was it not? The shouting Mandel protesting his innocence of the murders, the alibis of his lying witnesses. But then when we, the respected men of Cairo told what we knew. Mandel's fate was sealed, was it not? Sure, it was our testimony that convicted him. Yes, indeed. Such rage I will never forget. All his idle threats as they took him away. Well, they weren't idle threats, Ahmad. The murderer said many things to us in hatred, but we... we... Hey, what did you say? Alex Mandel meant every word of it. He's broken out of prison. He's loose and he's in Cairo and he's out to kill every man who had anything to do with his conviction. Oh, but that is impossible. No sane man would... That's right, no sane man. Mandel's already at work. He's killed three of his prey. He tried for me last night. Now you're next. Oh, but it cannot be. Mr. Jordan, I, I will tell him. I did not wish to speak against him. I, I was forced to do it. it. It was you and the others who convicted him. Oh, I cut it, Ahmed. You think he listened to anybody? No, Mr. Jordan, you must help me. Please, Effendi, hide me somewhere. We'll do better than that. We're going right to the police. Uh, the police? That is it. Yes, yes. We will go to the police now, at once. I... Oh, no. Mandel. Oh, Felix Mandel. Mandel, no, do not shoot. No. In Allah's name, no. Please. I, I did not wish to witness. No. As Ahmed slumped away from the door, I dived in. Mandel's gun clattered away. I slammed him against the tottering chicken crates, and then we were down and rolling. Finally, I was on top of him with my hands at his throat. I was about to end it up, and a heavy step at the door turned my head, and there was Sergeant Greco. What is going out of here? Stop in the name of the Lord. Keep away, Greg, I'll handle him. So, Mr. Jordan, it is you. Rolling like one in the streets. Get out oh, of this one. Stop it. Let go of me, Greg. For the last time, Mr. Jordan, get up. Greg, I'll get me just enough to loosen my grip. That's when Mandel twisted from under me, grabbed the gun, and was on his feet and backing up. <laughs> now, Jordan, the tables turned so quickly. 
This time I do not fail. See what you've done, Greco? Tell him, Jordan. Tell the very officious police... ...for the death of Jacques Bellon, knowing now that he had actually come to kill you. Then he was really one of Mandel's gang before Mandel was sent up? Yes. In fact, he spent a short term in prison himself, but it seems that since his marriage a year ago, he had tried to live a circumspect life. So Mandel broke out, came back and put him to work. Yes, the threat of what might be revealed to his wife and the offer of money were too much for the unfortunate man. Hmm. Oh, come into my office, Jordan. There are still a few questions to complete my dossier on Mandel. Oh, why not get it all from Greco? Well, oh, you, you know, it is most interesting how Greco was so anxious to get away just now. He had so very little to say. Well, he had a big night, Sam. <laughs> so it seems. Now, Jordan, how did you and Greco learn that the poultry merchant, Ahmed Najim, was to be the next victim? I'm waiting. Oh, look, Sam, you've got Mandel. Isn't that enough? Uh, could it be that a list of names was left on the body of Jacques Bellon and that it was kept from me? Now, why would anybody do a thing like that? <laughs> Jordan, one could hardly say that you have any great respect for Sergeant Greco. However... He tries hard. Indeed he does. Very well. I shall ask no more questions for your sake and his, Jordan. I already promised, Sam. No more questions. <laughs> you may go, Jordan. I, I shall give uh, Greco uh, your regards. For the finest in tomato flavor, enjoy the whole family of Del Monte tomato products. Del Monte catsup and chili sauce. Del Monte tomato sauce and canned tomatoes. And Del Monte tomato juice. Remember, buy wisely. Buy for flavor. Buy Del Monte. Del Monte, the brand you trust for flavor in so many good foods. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.